When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment, like no other, it's gonna be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep, Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and the Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks Near You. Marinero, the sick podcast, and I'm taking a look at this gentleman's Twitter profile, and it says your favorite fantasy analyst, favorite fantasy analyst with the NFL Network, Adam Rank, how you doing, bud? I'm doing real well, thank you. We're we're right in the middle of it. Fantasy draft season is upon yeah. us. The 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 start of the season is nearly here, so it's an exciting time for sure. It is. We're excited about it here at the Sick Podcast, and the show, of course, is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Go to myessentia.com/sickpod and use code SICKPOD for a free pillow with your purchase. Essentia Beyond Organic Sleep. If people are sleeping this summer. It's about time they wake up because the NFL season is a couple of weeks away and it debuts, of course, on Thursday, September 9th, as far as the regular season is concerned. Fantasy football. I don't have to tell people how big it is. Everyone knows football, gambling, fantasy. It's absolutely huge. I think the entire world plays it, but me. I don't know why. I just don't. I think because I wouldn't be good at it. So here's my chance to actually get better. Adam, yeah. You are known, simply put, as the guru of fantasy football. Whether you like that title or not, that's what it is. Yep, I can't. I can't run from it anymore. It is. Uh, now, and it, there's worse things to be known for. So you're right about that. Now, without divulging all your trade secrets, can you divulge most of your trade secrets? We'll try and find that out. When we talk fantasy football, mm-hmm. what are some of the stats? What are some of the trends you look like? I would imagine when you prepare for a fantasy football season, when you prepare for fantasy football week to week, you're looking at certain things. You're probably putting together analysis of maybe one, two, three publications, trying to get averages of stats. What are some of the things that you do? Yeah, what you really want to do, especially right now, is you're getting prepared for your drafts. Most people who play fantasy football have this tendency of looking too hard at the past. What happened last season instead of looking forward? Because last year we had a lot of players who stepped up. And I think that is one of the biggest keys for fantasy football is trying to project what is going to happen this season and not trying to draft the best team from last year. And I think that's the biggest misconception that a lot of people do. So for me, one of the strategies that I had last year was I took Travis Kelsey in the first round. I took Devontae Adams. And then I looked at some other guys who were possible breakthroughs. We had Justin Jefferson 
We had James Robinson. That one's one that we were really on early. And listen, I get some wrong as well. I really like Kenyon Drake too. So I'm not perfect. I, I did have some misses as well. But that's part of the that's part of the process is that you're not afraid to take chances on guys like Kenyon Drake, hopeful that he could break through. You miss out on him. You find James Robinson in the 15th round. It all ends up at, um, evening out. So this season, I've really tried to change my approach a little bit. I think everybody is now in on the Travis Kelsey thing. Everybody's trying to get that tight end early in the draft. So I'm going back the other way. I'm now loading up on running backs. There's a lot of wide receivers that I really like in the later rounds. I'll start taking tight ends later on. So what I'm trying to do is stay ahead of the trends and just trying to stay ahead. And very, very simply, and one of my colleagues pointed this out, like one of the weirdest things about fantasy football is that the two most desirable players to have is a running back who catches and a quarterback who runs, which seems counterintuitive, but really that's what it comes down to and trying to maximize your points. And it's, and I think too, like if you started playing fantasy football, I think it's a lot of, it, it's, it's really difficult sometimes for people who are like, oh, I love this game. This guy's a great quarterback. I'm going to draw uh-huh. him as opposed to a guy who might not be as good, but is putting up huge statistics. So it's a weird balance that you have to go through a lot of times. So explain fantasy football to me. I would imagine there's two kinds of fantasy football and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, because I really don't know much about it. Number one, I would think is you pick your team at the beginning of the year and your team is your team, whether they get injured or don't, that's your team. Number two, probably the more popular one, is you pick your team at the beginning of the year, and then week to week you decide who's in and who's out. Is that it? Or are there other kinds of fantasy football? No, you're pretty spot on. The most traditional version of fantasy football is how you describe. You get together with your buddies, you draft a team much like the NFL draft, you're picking a team, and through better or for worse, that's probably going to be your squad, you're available. You have the ability to pick up guys on the waiver wire. You can make trades. You can do all sorts of fun things. And that's pretty much the, the most popular version of it. In recent years, a lot of people have played something called daily fantasy, which means there is no draft. Instead, every week you can pick a brand new squad. And a lot of it is based on a numerical value that's given to them based on what platform you're playing. There's some there's some very popular daily fantasy sites out there. And they, they put number values on all these players. And you try to get your team, uh, the best team possible, to fit underneath the salary cap. And that's a real fun way, too. And really, what the, the allure of a daily fantasy league is that you're not hamstrung by injuries. If you were playing in a traditional fantasy league last season, which I play in a lot of them, If you had the first overall selection, you drafted Christian McCaffrey. He played three games last year. So that meant a lot of scrambling around. So in week 16, you were starting guys like Jeff Wilson Jr., Giovanni Bernard, Miles Gaskin, like guys that you were not drafting in August, but you were playing them at the end of the year. But conversely, if you're doing daily fantasy, injuries don't matter to you as much because you can switch your team out week to week. And honestly, it is what it's entertaining. You know, there. I, I remember being, I was in Las Vegas a couple of years ago. It was a Thursday night game. It was Jacksonville against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. It was a, it was a game that Derrick Henry went crazy. Everybody at this bar at the D in Las Vegas was glued to the television, even though this game was like 37 to nothing, because everybody who had Derrick Henry on their fantasy team or somebody who was starting Ryan Tannehill was locked in to see how many more fantasy points they could score. So it really is just a way to continue to be connected. Even if your team's not playing, you still have a connection to the game. 
He's in Los Angeles. I'm in Montreal. And for all you Montrealers who are going to have some uh, fantasy nights and fantasy pools and fantasy parties to go with it, sophistication, event rentals, live music, DJs, sound systems, tents, chairs, tables, decor, lighting, photo booth, TV screens, call them 514-570-5770 so you can make a big party out of your, your fantasy night. You said something before which piqued my curiosity, and that was you went for Travis Kelsey early on. So I'm trying to understand the logic. Was the logic at the time that there are two or three tight ends that are so much better than everyone else that the drop-off is bigger between those positions than other positions, and that's why you look at tight end right away? Absolutely. And last season, it was really just one tight end who was head and shoulders above everybody else. The, The gap between Travis Kelsey and the number two guy who was Darren Waller was larger than the gap between Darren Waller and the number 10 tight end. So really, you were better off just, you know, if you weren't going to get Travis Kelsey, you were better off waiting. And Darren Waller was a late round pick last season anyways. And that is one of the, one of the keys, one of the, one of the reasons why you would kind of exhaust that strategy is to just make sure that you have that guy who is locked in week in and week out where a lot of times, You know, people were drafting Blake Jarwin last year. He gets hurt in week one. You had to scramble. You were streaming tight ends. Every Will Disley, every Tyler Higbee, week to week, you were praying that they were going to come through. Maybe they get a touchdown. Hopefully you, you, you started Dawson Knox the week that he had two touchdown receptions. Whereas with Travis Kelsey in a PPR league was scoring close to 19 points a game, like lock solid. Like it's weird. Like you would look at your lineup. And you'd be like, oh, I don't really like my squad. I'm thin here. Oh, wait, I got Kelsey. So there's 20. Boom. I got that taken care of. And so it was, yeah, it, it's really just the scarcity of points at the tight end position and really the the desire to just lock it up. But now the price has been driven up. I've been priced out of the market. It's like real estate in California. Okay. You can't afford anything. So two things. Number one, if you're playing with a salary cap, it costs way too much money to get a guy like Kelsey so you can put less money in other positions, so it's not convenient. And two, if somebody does choose Kelsey, at that point, the drop-off is so big, you might as well wait a while That's before a you end up drafting a tight end. Is that it? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. I think, yeah. Because I honestly, if you waited till the end of the draft, what I've seen a lot is guys like Jonu Smith, Mike Gesicki, they fall really late, and they have a huge opportunity, both of them, this season. So, especially Gesicki. I think when you look at the Dolphins, like already, Will Fuller's missing practice. You know, Devontae Parker's good to miss some games. Mike Gasicki, as long as and he's been okay. the healthy one, he's the guy to look at. So back in the day, I played my share of hockey pools, right? And one of yeah. the things that I would do is, um, these were some of my trade secrets for what it's worth. I'd probably gather two or three publications that I thought I trusted the most. I'd put down their projected points. I'd work out an average for myself. Then I would put an onus on other things like, Uh, does this player play on a scoring team? Does this player play with good players? Um, How often does this player get injured? Will this player be playing special teams? And and then I basically ended up making, when all was said and done, I ended up making my own chart. Mm -hmm. And what's the player's age? Is the player going into a contract year? I made my own chart and I stuck to it. In a sport like football, where it's very easy, unfortunately, to get injured, Mm -hmm. Do you actually take a look at injury history or you say, screw that because it doesn't matter. Everyone's going to get injured every week. That's just, that's the nature of the beast. 
Yeah, I, I really, it comes down to what position and what draft pick you're using is where that's where like the injury risk gets baked into the price. Will Fuller is a first round talent, but you can't draft him earlier than the ninth round. And really you start leaning on the guys that you know have a history of staying healthy. Like these guys are on the field each and every week. You know, one of the most important things in fantasy is their availability, which is why you look at some players like Derrick Henry. You know, that guy never gets hurt. I feel very comfortable with him and some of the wide receivers. Whereas, yeah, when there there is an injury risk to be had, then that is absolutely factored in. And you also have to factor in other things as well. If you look at Antonio Brown, for yeah. instance, like he averaged more receptions per game and more yards per game last season than his other two cohorts with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But already on, what is this, Thursday, he was yeah. pulled from practice for getting into a fight. You can't trust him, which is why Chris Godwin sure. Mike Evans go ahead of him. But again, like when I'm in the ninth round and I'm like, well, Antonio Brown might get suspended or something might happen. But when you get later in your draft, that's when you take those risks and take flyers. It's uh, not Derrick Henry who gets hurt. It's the guys that actually hit him who get hurt. <laughs> now, speaking of Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans last year, Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown turned out to be a great sleeper pick. Did he not? Speaking of which, 100%. if I would ask you, 2021, give me an offensive sleeper pick, you would say who? I'm going to go with Darnell Mooney of the Chicago Bears. He is somebody who's shown a lot of promise, and I think last season, if you go back and look at the tape... Uh, you're some, just saying that because you're a Bears fan. I mean, partly, yeah. You know what? I'll give you a, I'll give you a, deep, I'll give you a deeper sleeper because anybody who follows me on Twitter or anything knows how I feel about Darnell Mooney. But one of the players I've really been charting lately is Lynn Bowden Jr., who came... He was a college quarterback, came to the Miami Dolphins, and he has an opportunity because, again, there's so many injuries to that team. Will Fuller has an injury history. You know, even Jalen Waddell, there's going to be some concerns with him as well. Lynn Bowden Jr. is somebody who is kind of that Swiss Army knife that can do a lot of different things, that they're going to start to scheme some plays up for. So I'm looking at him as somebody. Uh, Tyron Johnson, who's going to be opposite of Keenan Allen with the Los Angeles Chargers, is a player that I really like. Everybody loves Mike Williams. They always want to draft Mike Williams. He's crazy talented. But again, going back to the injury history, I like Johnson instead. And last year, Justin Herbert seemed to really establish a rapport with him. I also, you know, they're not sleepers, but I've noticed that a lot of people are sleeping on the veteran receivers with some bad teams because that is one of the things that you got to factor out. You know, when you're talking about your hockey pools yep. that you were doing, and by the way, whenever you, when you say Montreal and hockey, I think of Marty McSorley and his curved stick and it's getting me a little. 1993, like illegal like, stick, um, second period. Um, that was a no, third period. Game, pardon me, third period, late in the game. Third period. We're about to close out game yeah. two. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's after not the Kings won game one, four, one, and then game yeah. two, the Kings are up by a score of two to one, uh, and the um, why and the Canadians tied up Eric Desjardins and then end up winning in an overtime. Yeah, good times, oh, good times, great, great series, absolutely fun. I mean, not for a Kings fan, but a, a very yeah. entertaining series, but. You know, when you look at some of the guys, like I, I look at Corey Davis, Marvin Jones Jr., Brandon Cooks, they're on teams and you you don't think like, ah, they're not superstars, but they're mm -hmm. on teams that are very bad defensively, which means they're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts, which means their quarterback's probably going to attempt 50 passes a game, which means more opportunity. 
So those are some of the things that you are looking for. So these guys are veterans. Everybody, you've heard of them, but people still seem to like turn their nose up at them. Like that guy, like they're, they're mid carters. Like we're not really concerned about them, but they really have the opportunity to be target leaders for their teams on squads that should throw the ball an awful lot. All these NFL teams and these players that we're talking about, as well as all other sports, you can get their apparel at sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. It's the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero, and you can follow us and listen to us on iHeartRadio and follow us on the other social media platforms. Which rookie quarterback, not named Trevor Lawrence, will you take in your fantasy pool, Adam? Well, it's a difficult question for me because if I say Justin Fields, you'll get mad at me and say that I'm a homer. So I'm going to switch. I'll, I'll give you a different one. And here's one who I really love. I love Zach Wilson this season. I've been you picking do? Him up. I really wow. do. Okay. Again, it's going to be a game script issue for me. And he's got no veteran backup behind him who is going to come in at any time. I could see a situation with all three of the other guys, or even four if you include Mac Jones, where there's a veteran that they have to battle with. You know, if uh, if if Jacksonville starts getting into a, a on, on a roll where they need to start winning some games, I hear Gardner, you. Gardner Minshew is a capable quarterback who can come in and win games. Jimmy Garoppolo, whenever he has been healthy and been available, he has been a very good quarterback. The only thing that's held Jimmy back during his starting career, and this goes back to his time with the New England Patriots when he was filling in for Tom Brady in the four games with Deflategate, is that he gets hurt. And that, so you're really like, you're hoping like Trey Lance might see the field. You never know. And Justin Fields obviously is battling with Andy Dalton right now. So Zach Wilson is the only guy, even outside of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Zach Wilson is the only quarterback right now that I know is going to be starting week one. And he is going to be on a team that is going to have to throw the ball an awful lot. And I really love his receiving core. Again, the relationship that he's already established with Corey Davis, Elijah yeah. Moore is a wide receiver that I really like, uh, a rookie out of Mississippi. I think he has an opportunity there. And again, this is this is the thing about fantasy, is that you got to look for these rookie quarterbacks who are going to go out there and, and have the opportunity just to throw the ball a lot. Somebody who can pull the Justin Herbert this season. Well, as a Jets fan and someone who has been since the early 80s, don't laugh at me. It's been tough, as you would imagine. Uh, I'm a Bears so nice. fan. I have no judgment. <laughs> It's so nice to hear someone say, you know what? I think Zach Wilson could have a good season. The Jets are going to live and die with him. So to that, I say cheers. Some Cherry River Heart Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, no preservatives now available in Quebec grocery stores and the beer store. I got to get you some of these, Adam. All right, okay. Um, I would imagine that in an ideal world, a lot of people playing fantasy are going to try and get the combo. If you get Mahomes, you're going to want to have Tyreek Hill. If you get Rodgers, you're going to want to have Devontae Adams. If you get Josh Allen, you're going to want to have Stephon Diggs. Unless you're playing versus somebody from Mars or outer space or never watched football before, chances are, or playing in a pool with only two other people, chances are that's not going to happen. So what's the best strategy in that respect then? Do you put more onus on a quarterback or a wide receiver if you can have one of the two? Well, one of the most enjoyable stacks that I've started using is a Titan stack with Ryan Tannehill. And a lot of people will say, well, then A.J. Brown is the obvious choice or Julio, which is true. And if I could do that, it's fine. But the one I actually really love is stacking Derrick Henry with Ryan Tannehill. And the reason is I know why Ryan Tannehill, seven rushing touchdowns last season. You get every single 
Titans rushing touchdown because Darrington Evans is not coming in to take rushing touchdowns away from Derrick Henry. So that's a low key one. If I'm ever in a draft where I have like one of the top five picks and I end up with Derrick Henry, I'm looking at drafting Ryan Tannehill. Similarly, sometimes though, you get to stack your quarterback with maybe not the number one wide receiver, but possibly the number two. Like for instance, let's say you drafted um, like your top receiver is Calvin Ridley and you have Robert Woods. Now, instead of going for Matt Ryan, I would suggest going with Matthew Stafford. And you have Stafford and Woods. That's going to be your combo. Calvin Ridley's going to score enough points on his own. Keenan Allen, obviously you would want to go with Justin Herbert. But if you have Herbert and you miss out on Keenan Allen, Johnson is another player that you could go back or maybe even Austin Eckler as well. So I try to look at ones that are a little bit further down the board and see if you can possibly stack them up. I think uh, the Bills are a good one too, although it's so hard to get Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. But if I have Josh Allen, one of the late round sleepers that I'm going to take for sure is Gabriel Davis, who last season showed a real proficiency in scoring touchdowns. And honestly, I think he's going to emerge as the number two wide receiver there. I don't know if they, they're probably not going to put him in the slot, but they brought in Emmanuel Sanders and people thought that that was going to hurt Gabriel Davis's value. I think that's more of an impact on Cole Beasley because both of those guys can run from the slot. So looking at not necessarily the headlining yeah. stack, but if you can get one of the one of the RB or one of the wide receiver twos, like if I have, for whatever reason, if, if I'm starting Zach Wilson as my quarterback in fantasy, I'm definitely taking Corey Davis. If you have Trevor Lawrence, I'm taking Marvin Jones Jr. So yeah, I always, I always try to be mindful of that. And if you could pair a, a top end, wide receiver one with a guy who's probably going to be your second wide receiver with the quarterback. I think that's an obvious way to go. All right. One of the guys last year that I I thought, I think a lot of experts thought would have a pretty good season was uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Mm -hmm. And when all was said and done, he probably didn't play or his fantasy numbers weren't the expectation. Is there one guy that a lot of people are saying he's going to be top 10 this year and we'll look at him at the end of the year. And he probably didn't crack the top 20. Ooh, the top 20. That's difficult. I mean, a lot of times that comes down to injuries. In Juju's case, it was just other receivers coming in and taking a lot of his production. And that to me is kind of a it's kind of a it's kind of hard to handicap, but I will go back to that Bills example and Stephon Diggs, who I think is one of the best receivers in the game. I, I love, love that Steph- guy. I love Stephon Diggs. Like yeah. he was a Minnesota Viking, and I still loved him. I was so yeah. happy when he went to Buffalo because then I could be unabashed in my love for Stephon Diggs. But if there is a player who has a little bit of a regression, because I think that Stephon had his targets, his receptions were through the roof. He had nine touchdowns. Three of them came in one game. And that to me shows me that perhaps he might not get that touchdown number again. He might actually go back. And if you took away that, I mean, I know it's dumb to be like, well, if you took away all his touchdowns, he would have none. But that last game in week 16, when he, he actually killed me that week in fantasy, I, uh, I, uh, but if you look at it, you're like, gosh, going into that game, he had six touchdowns. There's a chance, especially when, with the way that Josh Allen runs the football, that if Zach Moss or Devin Singletary ever get a crack to run the ball in near the goal line as well, I think that Stephon Diggs might have hit his peak last season. Not that he's not great. Not that he can't help the Bills win a Super Bowl. That's not what I'm saying. But this is one of the things about fantasy football is that you have to factor in things like this. Buffalo might be so good that they're not throwing the ball as much as they did last year. 
Gabriel Davis, again, could step up this season. And if he maintains his touchdown production or gets better this year, then there's a real opportunity for Stephon Diggs to step back just a little bit, which is why, again, I'm always trying to look forward and always trying to say, like, I'll be ahead of the game, which is why I would take A.J. Brown ahead of Stephon Diggs. I know a lot of people are concerned because they see Julio Jones out there and they're like, well, this is going to be bad for A.J. Brown. It's actually better for A.J. Brown because realize Jonu Smith had eight touchdowns last year. Julio's coming in to replace the production left by Jonu Smith and Corey Davis, which means there's going to be probably more opportunity for A.J. Brown. And if Tennessee has to throw the ball more this season, and I'm not sure that they made enough moves on defense to get a lot better. I know they brought in Bud Dupree, but I don't know if that's going to be the answer for them. There could be more opportunity for them to throw the football. Defenses still have to respect Julio Jones. I really do believe that A.J. Brown is going to take a step forward this year. In ending, I'll either pump your tires at the end of the year or I'll mock you with this one. Who wins the Super Bowl? Who wins the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. I think they have, wow. one, of the, I think they have one of the best teams top to bottom. They were so close two years ago. And I think people kind of forgot like how how dominant they were, especially with the way they handled the Green Bay Packers. I think if their defense is healthy and they get back to their 2019 level of health, that they will be back to really destroying some teams. I think the I think the Packers, they're done. Like you're not they're not beating the four. They they've done nothing over the last two years to say that they're better than the 49ers. And to me, it really comes down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, comes down to the 49ers. I think the Rams are in the mix as well. And as an outside chance, I think Washington has a really nice team, especially defensively. But the problem is when you're a team like Washington and your defense is so good and you're really walking that razor wire with Ryan Fitzmagic, hoping that he can be the guy, you can't make any you can't afford any mistakes. Like that's the problem is that you have to have a quarterback who can win you some games if you ever get behind. I'm not sure. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm not sure he's consistent enough to do that. So I like the 49ers. Obviously in the AFC side, the Ravens are good again. The Browns should be really good. I think the Titans have a nice squad. I don't know if they have enough defensively, but then of course the uh the Kansas City Chiefs in the mix. It's probably better off that they lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that they're motivated and ready to go again. They made the they made all the moves to get the offensive line healthy once again. So I don't know. Two years ago, I know it's easy to just cop out with a Super Bowl matchup from two years ago, but currently I look at the 49ers and I look at the Chiefs. It's funny you say this because I have a buddy Cash who's the handicapper on this show. I run my bets as his handle. Not a bad name for a handicapper, by the way, Cash, Cash. who loves the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl. And he says you can get them at 13 to 1 or 14 to 1 on my bookie, which is not only his pick, but also tremendous value at the same time. This was a breath of fresh air. I love doing it. I love talking football with you. And we're going to do it on uh, several occasions for the upcoming football season. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Cheers, bud. We'll talk soon. All right. Speaking of cash, it's time to make some. It's time for Sick Picks. Brought to you by MyBookie. Here's where you place your bets on MyBookie. You go to MyBookie.ag slash the Sick Podcast. And use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. At Run My Bets is his handle. He's my buddy Cash. Make me some. 
guys, you guys know my Super Bowl pick was the 49ers. Well, I'm going back at it again. NFC West to win the Super Bowl, guys. That means any team in the NFC West can win and you'll win your bet. You're getting it at about plus 400. You guys know I already picked the 49ers, but we got the Rams. We got we got the Seahawks. Guys, we got some stacked teams in that division. I could see any one of them coming out, making a Super Bowl appearance, making a deep run. If they make it to the conference finals, guys, you're sitting with a ticket plus 400. Are you kidding me? Of course. Pick number two for the show today, guys. I'm going to get a little bit of hate for it. A lot of the public's going to be on the over. I'm on Derrick Henry rushing yards under 1550. Guys, the sports books know everyone's going to be pounding the over. He did almost 2,000 rushing yards last season. This guy's an absolute monster, but some key important facts you have to take care of. They just picked up Julio Jones. They have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Look at them to attack the passing game a little bit more. Guys, the last game of the year, they played against the Ravens. Henry only had Henry had 18 rushing attempts for only 40 yards. Expect teams to scheme, follow what the Ravens did, and shut him down. I expect him under 1550 rushing yards. Take a look at this prop, guys. I think over is square. I think the under is sharp. Tell your friends about this podcast. I'm Marinero. The podcast is sick. Cheers to the NFL season. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The sick podcast is brought to you by Essentia. The world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep. Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories. Natural flavors and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocery and The Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks Near You.